on in, folks, to the Northern Miner Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Keevil, and as usual, we are brought to you by the Yukon Mining Alliance. Please do head over to yukonminingalliance.ca to check out all the exciting exploration and development activity going on in Canada's Yukon Territory. Uh, and this is episode 91 for the week of February 5th. Uh, we're running full board towards that PDAC uh, in early March, so I hope everyone's got their uh, various materials ready for uh, booth duty and uh, all those awesome presentations will catch in hopefully not too frigid Toronto. Um, but uh, yeah, this week has been marked by absolute lunacy in the market. Uh, anyone who's sort of a um, financial hawk or, or, or a market watcher, uh, as I like to call them, um, would have caught just the absolute bonkers stuff that has been going on over the past week, including the Dow Jones collapse on Monday, where we saw the uh, Dow fall uh, below 24,000. Um, the index has basically erased all its gains since late November. Meanwhile, uh, the benchmark S&P 500 pulled back more than 6% uh, from a record high on January 26th. So we saw this sort of bonkers stuff going on in the U.S. markets. Subsequently, gold Gold didn't move. Well, it didn't really move. It, it went up short slightly, uh, briefly hit 1360. Now, as I sit here speaking to you, uh, I think it's back down around that 1320 mark. Uh, so you didn't see that sort of predictive um, jump in gold you'll see when you see uh, sort of the strength of the uh, U.S. markets uh, fluctuate or the dollar go down a bit. We also saw and what, what, what was apparently like a blip in the Bitcoin space where like these things right now, as I sit here, I think they're worth around $8,100 per bitcoin right it went down to like six grand at the same time around the same time on monday like uh, bitcoin also had a bit of a bit of a hiccup but it's back up around eight thousand dollars so we're sitting here and uh so there's just a lot of volatility a lot of volatility um and uh we'll see where it goes from here but it's just it's i'm starting it all these charts are starting to confuse me because there's a lot of obviously bitcoin and, and cryptos are, are new so we're not too sure how to factor those in our historic models but also a lot of things like the the relationship between you know u.s economic indicators and the gold price and everything's sort of in flux right now and we've seen uh mining stocks certainly hit very hard bear gold canada's largest gold producer hit near a two-year low this week at about 16 dollars 30 per share in intraday trading uh Barrick also provided an update on pasqual llama project on february 6th uh anyone who's been following this story uh pasqual llama is located on the border between argentina and chile uh in early january chile's uh regulators ordered the closure of existing infrastructure on the chilean side of the project uh the sanction is part of a re-evaluation process ordered by the country's environmental court in 2014 and relates to historical compliance matters. Uh, Barrick is appealing the resolution on a number of grounds, including on the basis that the sanction is, quote, disproportionate to actual environmental impacts. So just yesterday, which was uh, February 6th, Barrick reported that as a result of this uh, Chilean uh, plan to reevaluate the project, uh, Barrick has been forced to reclassify Plascalama's proven and probable gold reserves of approximately 14 million ounces, uh, which are based on its open pit mine plan, obviously, into the measured and indicated resources category. That's a big deal because as a result, uh, Barrick expects to record an estimated pre-tax impairment of $429 million of Pascualama in the fourth quarter. So yet another example of that sort of geopolitical volatility that major miners are dealing with abroad. Uh, we all recall the Barrick uh, situation with Acacia Mining in Tanzania last year, uh, which is ongoing. So sort of uh, coming fast on the heels of that, a bit of a double whammy for Barrick in terms of dealing with uh, some of this regulatory uncertainty uh, abroad. Um, and we've talked about how this has driven a lot of major mining dollars back to the Americas in terms of uh, investment in juniors and JVs and 
more generative opportunities uh, in Canada and the U.S. Uh, so uh, interesting stuff. So uh, another one uh, to add to the list. And I mean, what we're talking about sort of the struggling mining equity situation. I mean, the juniors are certainly not doing much better. The GDXJ, the Vanek Juniors Gold Miners ETF, is uh, was down around 10% for the year at the time of recording. So uh, those uh, juniors aren't doing uh, a ton better than uh, their major counterparts. So it's going to be interesting to see. We've had this discussion. Uh, you heard people talk about it at Roundup and VIRIC. In terms of that spread between, uh, you know, specifically in gold, the sort of gold spread uh, on the spot price versus where some of these equities are. Uh, similarly, uh, you're seeing it a bit in the base metals. I mean, we'll talk a bit about metal prices momentarily here uh, but even tech resources that's done very well over the past year um, through its met coal uh, interests in bc and its copper interests it's really sort of enjoyed the windfall of an increase in those commodity prices is down i think uh over the last three or four weeks about uh, four bucks so like uh, they were trading at around almost 39 dollars per share tech's down at around 34 now um so you're seeing a little bit of uh, that volatility uh manifest itself in terms of what happened in the u.s markets people are a little bit unsure commodities are down across the board today so we'll talk about that a little bit right now gold was trading at uh, one thousand three hundred sixteen dollars and forty cents per ounce silver was at sixteen dollars and forty one cents per ounce well copper was down at three dollars and ten cents per pound zinc was trading a dollar fifty seven per pound well west texas intermediate oil was also hit off highs down at sixty one dollars and seventy seven cents per barrel so interesting times in the in the world economy I and mean, we'll talk a little bit about some of the macroeconomic factors here but uh you know it, we hear so much about this uh, industrial complex strength uh we had a few analysts on over the past month or so including colin hamilton uh the managing director of commodity research at bmo uh talking about how this this sort of strength of the industrial complex that we saw drive metals a lot through 2017 would continue into early at least probably mid uh 2018 and we're seeing a little bit of uh fallback pullback uh on some of these uh uh, some of these commodities, well, actually, looking at my screen now, all of them, everything, everything's sort of in the red today. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, it's sort of interesting that uh, there seems to be a lot of range-bound activity in terms of, of all the all the commodities trading within uh, a pretty tight uh, ranges historically. So interesting times, interesting times. So before we jump into our segments of the week, uh, a few notes that caught my attention on the precious metal and bulk commodity spaces. Uh, the World Gold Council reported that demand for gold, quote, rallied strongly in the fourth quarter of 2017. It was up 6% year on year to 1,095.8 tons. However, full year demand, the World Gold Council noted, fell 7% to 4,071.7 tons. Uh, it said that central banks curb purchases by 5% year on year, while bar and coin demand declined 2% year on year primarily owing to weaker u.s retail investment uh world gold council subsequently said etf flows registered the sharpest decline in 2017 at 202.8 tons roughly a third of 2016's inflows uh, optimistic growth in jewelry has started to emerge as a sector posted its first annual increase since 26 2013 sorry up four percent year on year on mine supply, the World Gold Council notes, primary output increased to a record high of 3,268.7 tons. However, a 10% drop in recycling saw total supply drop 4% year-on-year to 4,398.4 tons. So just a few notes from the World Gold Council uh, on gold demand in 2017. Uh, heading over to the coal side, I've mentioned this quite a bit recently, how uh, a lot of people are making a lot of money on seaborne thermal coal. Well, we're not supposed to talk about it because it's not very... Uh, environmentally friendly uh, and the decarbonization initiative etc but uh, if you have a stake in thermal coal you're probably poised to make a lot of money this year uh, full year u.s customs statistics bmo noted uh, our friend colin hamilton have confirmed that thermal coal exports more than doubled year on year in 2017 so u.s 
custom statistics, the, the thermal coal exports more than doubled last year. Uh, exports reached 29.7 million tons, with India the biggest buyer at 6.76 million tons. Uh, in BMO's view, the need for U.S. thermal coal to be shipped into Asia highlights just how tight this market remains. Uh, meanwhile, U.S. met coal shipments were 50.1 million tons, up 36% year-on-year, with the average customs value of this being $148 per ton, up 68% year-on-year. So we, we talked a little bit about how tech has uh, also enjoyed sort of that windfall increase in uh, met coal pricing uh, over the past uh, 12 months so uh, interesting to see we probably expect this to continue especially in terms of thermal uh, as we mentioned it's suffering uh, more of a near term what we're predicting for copper there has not been a lot of investment in in, in thermal coal over the past let's say decade uh, there is not a lot of great uh, great production optionality so a lot of these marginal assets are now uh, now that higher higher valued uh, and as mentioned we're seeing this sort of record um at coal exports out of the U.S. Uh, right now, which uh, more than doubled in 2017. So interesting stuff uh, in terms of those coal figures, uh, as mentioned. But we're going to talk a whole lot more about the United States with our guest this week. Uh, we have one of our show stallers. He's been with us virtually since the beginning, uh, doing regular uh, segments with the Northern Minor Pockets. Uh, Mickey Fulp, the mercenary geologist, joining us fresh off the conference circuit here in Vancouver to talk a little bit about uh, his experience at the conferences, what he heard, what the buzz was, etc. But we're also going to dig specifically into the U.S. And we're going to talk about Trump and we're going to talk about uh, some of the regulatory uh, changes he's done, the executive orders, what they've meant for the extract of industry specifically for mining obviously uh and mickey's gonna do a uh, top 10 list of what he loves about nevada uh specifically doing business in nevada so it's a, a great little segment where we're gonna run uh momentarily here but uh yeah mickey's always great to have along we're gonna talk a lot about uh, sort of the climate down south of us um and what, uh, what the industry is saying, why we've seen a few of these uh, Canadian juniors getting more active in places like uh, Montana, Idaho, Oregon, Nevada, uh, how some of this space has opened up and unlocked projects. We'll talk a little bit about how uh, Trump policy has unlocked certain uh, mineral assets that had previously been viewed as untenable by majors and by juniors alike. So uh, some interesting conversation we're going to have uh, in terms of the United States here on the Northern Miner Podcast, which is great because as it stands right now, we are currently working furiously on our U.S. special. So that'll be coming uh, down the pike in, uh, I think it's our next edition, but uh, look for our U.S. special coming up. This is sort of a, a teaser or a precursor to that. Uh, we'll dig into it with Mickey, talk a little bit about the U.S. Uh, and what's going on down there in the mining business. So a uh, great chat, runs about 22 minutes, as mentioned. Uh, Going to run that. Uh, I'll be back after the break. We'll dig into our mining minute for the week and talk about the return again of our Canadian Mining Symposium. This is Matthew Keeble with the Northern Miner Podcast. And once again, we're joined by show favorite Mickey Fulp, the mercenary geologist. Mickey, thank you for joining us. 
Thanks for having me once again, man. Oh, obviously, Mickey. We uh, we love our uh, our brews and podcast sessions. Yeah, where my we, local uh, watering hole exactly. here in downtown Vancouver, yeah. right in the financial district. Your home away from home, is my home say? away from home. Yeah. So we are uh, coming quick off the heels here of uh, the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference, running quickly towards PDAC. The uh, sort of uh, bellwether of how the year might look in mining here in early 2018. So, Mickey, I wanted to start out. We're going to get into a few subjects today, including uh, some stuff about the United States, which is always a big question with Trump and everything like that. So we're going to dig a little bit into that stuff. Uh, but first and foremost, uh, you did attend Vancouver Resource Investment Conference, did quite a few interviews. I saw you on the floor there uh, chatting in front of the camera um, and did a, moderated a couple panels. So I, I wanted to ask you first and foremost, sort of, uh, what sort of trends or themes did you notice at uh, the investment show this year and uh, what kind of conversations were you having? Well, it was obvious that the tide has turned. This was the first big increase in both companies and attendance we've seen since bear market began arguably five years ago, six years ago. Mm -hmm. I think 320 companies, they were sold out, turned paying customers away, and the attendance I heard was somewhere around 8,800. So from that point of view, it was very busy, uh, it was upbeat. Uh, it was unclear to me how much of that was driven by the euphoria of cryptos and weed stocks. Yeah. Uh, because that was what about a week after their highs now they've crashed um, it's a concern to me there's not very been very many financings in January so all in all I, I think the the industry is emerging but we're not there yet and there was certainly a buzz around the show about the impact of the crypto uh, mania and the rise of the weed business in Canada and the impact that was having on access to capital for the mining business and and, and retail investment for that matter. I mean, uh, in terms of maybe some of the things people were looking at in mining at the show, I mean, we're hearing a lot about copper. We've heard quite a bit about copper recently. What is the precious metals looking like? I mean, what was sort of the mood that you were? Well, getting from it's those it's always led by gold, but I think anybody that studies commodities has to be very bullish on copper in what we perceive as the beginnings or you know inning two of a nine inning game perhaps of a bull market for commodities the yes. so fundamentals of copper supply demand fundamentals are compelling you know we use 3.4 percent more copper a year we've got some demand now still unknown I think but an add-on with the electric vehicle market which is coming I don't think that's going to happen in the US but it's certainly going to happen in Europe and China that's going to add on demand for copper copper is the electric metal no matter how many people may call all these minor metals uh, electric metals copper <laughs> is the electric yeah. metal so the I, I think yeah, yeah. Uh, zinc's hit a 11 year high lead's hit a 7 year high now and copper's lag. Mm -hmm. Copper's still down at 320 level. Yeah. You know, that's three quarters of the way to its all-time high. Uh, and meanwhile, we've got lead and zinc at 7, 11-year high. So copper's got some catching up to do. And so, um, you know, all in all, I'm bullish on all commodities. But I think you, yeah. if you, you need to look at those. The, the world runs on oil. The world runs on iron. 
and copper and gold. Those are the, the four things that really move markets up and down. And only three of those trade on world markets. So mm-hmm. oil price is very bullish right now. Yeah. Uh, and 66, 65, 66 bucks. So I think we're hearing, like you said, we've heard this from quite a few commentators that have come on the show. Is 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 those commodities you mentioned do have pretty uh, intriguing supply demand fundamentals? Uh, oil, obviously, we, we're all well aware of the supply crunch on the oil side and the you know demand sort of just there. It's never yeah, well, it's, it's going uh, 1. 1.5 percent yeah. a year, and it's not going to end. So uh, I think the question of oil market is how much of that's going to be supplied by U.S. shale. Yeah. And it looks like a lot. A lot. A whole yeah. lot. Yeah, a lot of that, which is, is a huge narrative with, that we'll have to do an actual podcast on sometime is that transition from the uh, U.S. being sort of an oil consumer to an oil power, which is, is a really interesting story. Um, but uh, probably don't have time for that today. But I wanted to uh, touch a little bit on the U.S. because we were talking uh, – we were talking off off show a little bit uh, about some of the things and shifts we've seen under the Trump presidency in terms of mining. Uh, we talked with Brent Cook was on the show at the um, at the Cambridge show, uh, and he was talking about it as well. That sort of uh, change in mood towards some of these projects. The the capital seems to be coming back to places like Nevada and and, and even Idaho and Montana. Um, so we wanted to get you on, Mickey, to talk a little bit about uh, your home turf there south of the border. Um, and uh, maybe just let's start off generally. I mean, it, it, like, is the mood shifted as much as it seems from up north here, or is it? Is it Absolutely, yeah. probably yeah. more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's the rollback of regulations. It's the streamlining of bureaucracies. Uh, executive order after executive order. One another one came down this week. This week that rolled a bunch of uh, those. Uh, national monuments that that Obama put in in his last month in office in Utah, those are all shrunk back down, uh, open to mineral entry. Uh, The sage-grouse habitat, 10 million acres removed from mineral entry in the U.S. by Obama in his last days, that is now rolled back and can never be appealed. and, and so these are important gold-producing states that this is happening See, in. Brent mentioned the, the sage grouse when he was on. Yeah, he he right. mentioned it. Uh, he didn't go into too much detail, but he, he said it was a really big deal. It is. And we might not extremely be big deal. Um, as familiar with that issue uh, in Canada. So maybe if you could enlighten our listeners on, on, on this issue specifically. Okay, yeah. so the sage grouse is not an endangered species in the U.S., it's something called a threatened species. And so kind of as part of Obama's land grab of removing federal lands from multiple use at the end of his days, I think, (laughs) if memory serves, it was less than a week before he left office, he designated 10 million acres in the western U.S., in Oregon, Washington, Montana, Idaho, Utah, and did I say Nevada, six six states, um, withdrawn from mineral entry because of critical sage-grouse habitat. And and as soon as Trump got into office or soon thereafter in the summer, he rolled all that out. And I'm assuming that covered some pretty perspective geological areas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the heart if you take the, it's the Great Basin. 
essentially, and then parts of the okay. of the Rockies east of the Cascades. Um, and this is <laughs> uh, where about ninety five percent of U.S. gold production comes from now, wow. and is likely to come from in the future. Wow! Uh, very prospective. So that that got rolled back, and like I say, it can't can't ever be repealed. So people outstaking claims like crazy. Um, I expect that to happen again. There's some wilderness study issue uh, areas in Nevada uh, that have been under wilderness study for since the Carter administration wow. and never put into wilderness but treated as wilderness because they're wilderness study areas. So yeah, the yeah. movement's afoot in Nevada right now to do a test case and bring that to Washington on a couple areas wow. and say, hey, this has been a wilderness study area. And, and it, they almost become de facto wildernesses because when they're studies, you can't drive any of the roads that exist in there and they just basically go back to nature, even in a desert where rains less than 10 centimeters a year yeah uh, and so so i i look to these sorts of things to continue to happen he uh he made an executive rule that resulted in the department of interior uh, uh streamlining environmental I impact this statements is, this is, we hear a lot about because it's like limits it to like what is the one one year timeline yeah. Uh, 150 pages, 150 pages and right. with yeah. special yeah. circumstances you can they can go to the Department of Interior secretary which would be equivalent to your Minister of Energy and Mines or I think yeah uh, yep. That's yeah accurate. yeah and and get a special permission to extend that to two years and 300 pages see there so. you go I think I, I think there was there was a Canadian uh, Canadian document I read recently that was uh, well over 500 pages. So there you go. And oh, I, well, I think, I, yeah. So yeah. one they did in California was 100,000 pages. Yeah. So, so, and, so anyway, it's all good. You yeah. know, it's yeah. uh, because of that, people are, the majors are spinning out non-core assets that never made it out of their holdings in the 2000s because of, mid-2000s mid yeah. because of issues in the United States. So mm -hmm. you see all these new co's, gold new co's in Idaho and Nevada, and uh, there, there are more coming that have picked up. These unlocked assets. Unlo they've yeah. un it's unlocked assets. Yeah. So and, yeah. and I've participated fully in those things. So. Well, that sounds like a good opportunity. I mean, it's funny enough, we're going to uh, talk a little bit about some of those other areas, but but you wanted to, uh, you have a top, what is it, 10 list for Nevada, I think? Oh, well, I guess it is yeah. a top 10 you list. Top 10 why, why, Nevada, Nevada. why Nevada is the best gold exploration and mining venue in the world. Which some people might be like, but Mickey, Nevada has been mined for how many hundreds of years for gold? Well, it yeah. really has not been mined that long yeah. for gold. It yeah. was the silver state. Yeah. And But yeah. 1962, Carlin was discovered by yeah. a couple of of prospector geologists uh, working for Newmont at the time. One very famous guy, John Livermore, who ended up founding the Cordex Syndicate, uh, arguably the single man who walked the earth, he died a couple of years ago, I think at age 95, mm -hmm. um, that put more gold in reserves than a plant anybody ever has. So. Mm -hmm. um, 
let's just go number one it's the fourth largest gold producer fourth largest gold producing country and it's a state but behind china australia and russia it is endowed geologically endowed with gold with world-class deposits of many different kinds world-class in both tonnage and grade um, 40 active gold mines, six active gold mills. It's in the U.S., which means it's low risk geopolitically. It's, uh, we have a secure mineral tenure, and we follow the, the rule of law is sacrosanct in our country. In 2015, it provided 14,000 direct mining jobs, 65,000 ancillary jobs, average employee of a gold mining company made 92,000 U.S. per year. That's not nothing bad. to complain about. Yeah. Not bad when you live in, in Elko or Carlin, yeah, Nevada, yeah. right? It's got uh, uh, arid, in, intercontinental climate, infrastructure and accessibility and services unsurpassed. You can drive a truck-mounted reverse circulated circulation rig anywhere in Nevada. Yeah. We don't use helicopters yeah. in Nevada. No, okay? which is great. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's great because it's cheaper, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, per, per meter. It's small cheaper. rural population, which is makes its living off the land, farming, ranching, and mining. That's it. Mm -hmm. Other than the gambling centers in Las Vegas and Reno, very positive uh, toward the extractive industries. Uh, here's a good one for you. No corporate income tax, no personal state income tax, and Trump just rolled back federal corporate, corporate taxes tax. to 21%. Yeah. That's right. So that's big. Yeah. That's really yeah. big. Yeah. Um, very reasonable state bureaucracy that's diligent uh, and makes things, sure things are done environmentally responsible and safe manners both for exploration production development and reclamation and finally we've already talked about this um, in in some way shape or form trump has streamlined the bureaucracy so at one point was a, most 85 percent of land in nevada is federally owned yeah so most of it's BLM, BLM, but you've had a very anti-development U.S. Forest Service yep. regime in there for quite some time, yep. and that's turned around 180 Completely. degrees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They are now, we can do, not we can't do no, this. No, we can't do this. Right. Yeah, yeah. So there's kind of my top ten list. There you go. And I mean, I, I, like you said, I think we've seen a definite rise in the uh, – Toronto Stock Exchange in terms of Nevada listed companies just off the top of my head. Uh, I know the uh, deal Northern Empire did with Imperial Metals. For yeah, the, the that was a, that line. was a big one, and and um, then they have part of the uh, yep. the North Bullfrog area too. That's correct, now. and in in our old standbys like Gold Standard have started really pushing ahead again and it's interesting because i remember when i started in 2011 2012 i would go on site visits to nevada like once a month there'd be a company once a month i'd be down there and then over maybe the past two to three years it had slowed down at least on our side where i wasn't uh wasn't getting invited by as many canadian juniors down to uh, uh that part of the u.s and now we're starting to certainly start to see it again certainly these site visit invitations are are rolling in um, but uh, have you sort of seen a lot? You mentioned that there's a ton of activity. Absolutely. And, yeah. and 
uh, I think it's well known amongst my subscribers and for our listeners who, who aren't su subscribers of my free newsletter. Um, almost all the private placements I have participated in in the last year and a half have been in uh, in the U.S. or projects in the U.S. Canadian companies, but projects in the U.S. Uh, mainly in Nevada, Idaho, and Alaska. Alaska. And I've got more coming. So yeah, and so that activity doesn't appear to be slowing down at all. No, you? not at all. Yeah. You know, we've seen some some new coasts spin out uh, uh, over the last few months. Uh, just to mention a few: Revival Gold. Fremont Gold, yep. Integra Resources in Idaho, with the growth uh, yeah, yep. yep. all these in Nevada or uh, or Idaho. Uh, the Columbus spin out, Columbus Allegiant. spun yeah. out Allegiant. I cover that company, uh, a company that I, well, I cover Integra too. I should mention yeah. that. Yeah. Um, a company that I covered today, hot off the presses for mm -hmm. subscribers, is Ely Gold Royalties, which is arguably the best junior royalty company with U.S. venues, mm -hmm. and they're still priced as a prospect generator. Just the, so, the pure number of deals strikes me. Like, you, you have to... Like just the number of, of, of listings and the number of of the, the, the amount of activity. Just like we can if we can list that many companies off the top of our head that have and, and what they're all doing. All yeah. the ones I've just yeah. told you about, they're operating on past their their holdings are past operating gold mines mm -hmm. that generally shut down in the late eighties or early. Or, uh, excuse me, the late 90s yeah. and early 2000s yeah. when a gold price was two, 250 to $280 an ounce. Yeah. So, so they're rolling out these things that produced well over a million, maybe two million ounces of gold. And they still have, uh, a couple of them have a mi over a million ounces of yeah. open pitable heat leachable reser re resources. Yeah. And I mean, the, the other, <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned that because that's sort of a theme We've heard on the podcast recently, I talked to Brent Cook and Joe Mazumdar from Exploration Insights about it, and a few of our other guests, uh, Marco Day from Oxygen Capital, yeah. we talked a bit about it, um, is Greenfield. And, and, he, and you're talking a little bit about, uh, you know, Brownfield. These are mainly Brownfield and, plays. And so do you think... Do you think it's coming? Do you, do you think there's going to be... I think it's all coming. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm... Last year I said I was cautiously optimistic about the uh, uh, an incipient bull market for commodities, or it was uh, two steps forward, one step back. I think we saw this. I think we're building. You know, uh, we've been the money in our business has been absconded by cryptos and weed over the last six months yeah. or so. Yeah. But those things crashed horribly over the last week yeah we've and, all seen that and seen that. i mean that we knew that was coming mm -hmm. and so hopefully now some of that excess money has been made in the u.s markets when people when markets are this good they get they have discretionary income and they want to start gambling gambling in this business yeah. right, the toronto yeah. venture exchange is the highest risk high highest reward venture capital market hands down in the world there's nowhere else you can do what we do here with the kind of uh, very high risk stuff but potential rewards ten baggers time and time again in a in a bull market and i think it's coming 
Well, it's interesting because I was talking to Joe about this and, and about where that capital is going to come from for more generative exploration. And mm-hmm. the majors have sort of been wading back into that a little bit. They've been taking some share positions and... You They're know, funding was, juniors to yeah, do that, which yeah. is the old model that tech yeah. used to do. Yeah, I always tell you're people a, this. You're yeah. a Keeble, so yeah, you yeah. know that well, yeah. and it's a great model. Yeah. And they're starting to do do that now with these strategic alliances. Yeah. And, you know, I'm seeing some really good... Good deals. Uh, yeah. Really geologically interesting deals from the generative sort of view. Yeah. And and there's some good companies that are pulling in majors to do that. And really, that is... The future life. And you know, a lot of that's of in industry. northern Canada, right? We've seen a lot There's of that. Plenty of that in northern Canada. Yeah, which is sort of the frontier. Well, for, it's, uh, geez, yeah. it's so hard hard up there. It's yeah. not easy, you know? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're a lot of the stuff we're restricted to places now that aren't easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the glaciers, in the, in, the, in the tundra, in the jungles, in the high country of Peru, it's underexplored and... Uh, it does sort of underpin what, underpin what you were saying about uh, it might be a fairly positive year for, for mining. Well, I think so. Yeah. 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 I'm, very, I'm very bullish. Yeah. Yeah. That's good to hear. Well, uh, once again, uh, this has been Mickey Fulp, the mercenary geologist. Mickey, would you like to give uh, everybody uh, a little info on how to get a hold of you? Or, or yeah, sure. You? I'm at mercenarygeologist.com. You can contact me at contact at mercenarygeologist.com. I will respond or my staff will respond unless you're a troll. And then you 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 get banned. Then you just get banned. banned. And uh, and we run a very uh, robust and boisterous and entertaining Twitter feed at Mercenary geo about 63,000 followers although twitter is cutting that down I saw on that. us when they're they're, they're, shaving, know, that they're, they're shaving this off a little bit as they're doing anybody everybody yeah. by getting rid of the span and the bots that's and right. that's good for all of us yeah that's good for all of us so uh, once again we have been joined by mickey the mercenary geologist fault uh mickey thanks again so much thanks a lot matt studio thanks again to mickey fulp the mercenary geologist for swinging by to talk about the united states and dig into some of those uh intricacies about uh what's going on down there with trump the new government some of these policies uh what it has done for the mining industry and uh, how it's opening up some of these jurisdictions that had previously been uh, sort of off limits let's say or uh had limited exploration due to uh some of these restrictions as we talked about the sage growth etc so uh, always interesting to hear uh from someone um mickey's obviously from the u.s so uh, it's great to hear from uh, local residents what's going on in the country so uh, awesome let's uh, keep our eye open for more of those uh, 
U.S. Canadian juniors uh, going back down to the U.S. Uh, and uh, snapping up some of these assets. Always great stories. Uh, as mentioned, we do have our U.S. special coming up, so uh, check that out in the Northern Miner uh, for uh, maybe a peek glimpse at some of these companies that uh, are doing hopefully big things. Uh, Canadian juniors doing big things down there uh, south of the border. So uh, that should be coming up, I believe, in our next issue. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled for that. But as always, please do head over to northernminer.com. If you're not a subscriber, hit that subscribe button. It's a screaming deal at just over $2 for our paper and digital subscriptions. That also includes access to our Canadian Mines Handbook, a compendium of uh, international mineral properties that you can use to do your research uh, for your investing or for your own company, uh, as it may, as it may. So a great resource. Uh, Do head over to northernminer.com. Check that out. Think about subscribing. But now let's head on over to Toronto and uh, meet up with our staff writer Richard Corisa for this week's Mining Minute, which features our sponsor, Golden Arrow Resources, uh, a member of the Grosso Group, which is headed by Joseph Grosso, uh, that believes strongly in the mineral potential of Argentina and has focused exploration efforts there since 1993 when the country opened to foreign investment. Uh, Golden Arrow has advanced its Chinchilla Silver project from discovery to development in just five years. The company now holds a 25% share of Puna Operations Inc which is a joint venture company operated by SSR Mining, formerly Silver Standard. The joint venture is producing silver concentrate from the Perquitas operation and developing the nearby Chinchillas Silver Project. Golden Arrow trades under T, uh, GRG on the TSX Venture, G6A on the Frankfurt Exchange, and GARWF on the US OTC. So let's head on over to Toronto to hear from our staff writer, Richard Corisa, and President and CEO of Golden Arrow Resources, Joseph Grosso. I'm joined by Joe Grosso, the CEO and President of Golden Arrow Resources. Joe, do you remember what you found when you first went to Argentina all those years ago? I found that the government of Argentina did not want to uh, be in the mining business, but Argentina was not strange to mining. It just was not supported by the government. A government that was using them tax levies rather than an economy builder. It bothered me a great deal because the new government is so much pro-mining that they're really taking uh, political risk being so pro-mining. They've made actually the natural resources as the number one, the number one objective of the new, uh, the new government. They have removed a lot of the uh, indecent taxes and, and duties and giving a strong incentive for money to go forward and attract international companies to go there. Thanks.
thanks again to President and CEO of Golden Arrow Resources, Joseph Grosso, and our Toronto staff writer, Richard Corisa, for bringing us the Mining Minute this week. And now we're coming up quickly on the end of the show, but I wanted to briefly mention we have released more information on our Canadian Mining Symposium this year. Probably my actual favorite mining event uh, that happens across the industry due to the fact it's uh, a little bit more uh, intimate than what you see at Roundup or PDAC, which are just like so many people and it's just by the end you're just burned out. The Canadian Mining Symposium uh, is much more one-to-one oriented, a lot more uh, great presentations from top-notch speakers. Uh, Confirmed speakers for 2018. Uh, We just got this as fresh off the uh, printer here. Uh, Ross Beatty, Chairman of Pan American Silver and Canadian Mining Hall of Fame inductee, will be speaking. Kelvin Dushnitsky, the President of Barrick Gold, will be making his second appearance at the Canadian Mine Symposium. Uh, And Pierre Lassonde, the legendary Pierre Lassonde, Chairman of Franco Nevada, another Canadian Mining Hall of Fame inductee, will also be speaking uh, this 2018. Uh, The event this year takes place April 24th and 25th at Canada House in London. It is a two-day event this year. It was absolutely fantastic last year, so I'm really looking forward to that. I will be there with my bells on to uh, do a little moderating, maybe a little speaking myself, and meet everybody uh, there. It's a great uh, networking event, and we had great responses last year. It's already filling up at a uh, insane pace compared to when we started this thing, so it's really caught fire, and we couldn't be happier about that. I think there are uh, still speaking slots, sponsorships, etc. available. Reach out to our head office in Toronto. They can give you the uh, whole rundown on the Canadian Mining Symposium in London. Really looking forward to it. Hopefully, I will see you there. Uh, But yeah, that pretty much brings us to the end of the show. Wanted to thank you once again for listening to the Northern Miner Podcast. Don't forget, give us that rating on iTunes. Give us that review. Uh, Like us on uh, Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, etc., etc. Check out all our social media. Keep up with the Northern Miner and all the breaking news in our industry. So thanks again, loyal listener. I am Matthew Keevil, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you.